Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coach T, drive this bus. Oh, man, it didn't go very far. Willie Taggart began his coaching debut in Tallahassee as Florida State loses to Virginia Tech 24-3. The Seminoles give up a block punt for a touchdown. They throw a couple of interceptions by DeAndre Francois. They're down inside the red zone three times but come away with just only three points. Man, that wasn't as bad as Miami's 33-17 loss to LSU, which wasn't as close as that score. Malik Rozier, the quarterback with a rough night. We'll talk college football tonight. And also, hey, Rays win, Rays win. Again, they beat Toronto 7-1. They go to 11 games over 500. The first time, get this, since Kevin Kiermeyer's first game in 2013. Yanni Chirinos pitched very well. Joey Wendell stays hot. I'm telling you what, I don't think the Rays are going to lose another game the rest of the season. Doesn't feel that way. And the Bucks, they went to work for the first time in more than three years without their quarterback, Jameis Winston, who began his three-game suspension. We'll tell you what that was like. Some news on Vita Vea. It's not good, by the way. And they claim a defensive end off waivers. All that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Verstick. Hey, we want to welcome our new sponsor, Millionaire Air Conditioning and Heating. Do you want to be a millionaire? Well, for 30 years, Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the Tampa Bay area, making thousands of residents millionaires with their quality products and service. Now, Millionaire is currently offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 to take advantage of their great offer on a brand new quality train air conditioning unit or to schedule service or maintenance. Call 727-862-2100 today. Trust the masters of comfort, Millionaire. Well, Steve, I'm glad that I don't gamble um, because if I did, I would not be talking to you from the comfort of my home because my home would be mortgaged and I would not have a place to sleep. Man, I would, you know, when the weekend began, um, and I was asked this question, I think, when I was doing TV last week, like, do you think Miami or Florida State or both will win this weekend? And I said, eh, I think both. Yeah, Florida State's at home, debut, big night for Willie Taggart. Virginia Tech's okay. I don't know if they're going to go in there and win. And for sure, you know, I think Miami will have the upper hand with their defense on LSU. Could not have been more wrong. I mean, wrong, wrong, way wrong. What happened to these two teams? Well, I, I think, first of all, I think Virginia Tech's better than most people give credit for. But and you and I were talking before the podcast. Remember this Florida State team. Now, they have a lot of talent. But they had to reschedule a canceled game against Louisiana Monroe just to make a bowl game last year. That's how bad the wheels fell off that team last year after they lost Alabama in the opener and then lost their quarterback, and it went downhill from there last year. They were not a very good team. And Willie Taggart has done well, and, and you talked about his you know meteoric rise from Western Kentucky to USF to Oregon to Florida State. He's done well turning programs around, but he usually doesn't do it instantly. Uh, you know, his first first game at USF, now, granted they don't have the level of talent, but they lost to McNeese State by 32. Always tough, McNeese State, buddy. Yeah, you could never count them out. 
<laughs> they were in our conference back in the day at Arkansas State. That's how I know. But I, I think I think the name of Florida State, and, and they do have a lot of talent. And, you know, I think Willie Taggart will do fine this year up there. I think they had a very tough opponent in Virginia Tech to open the season. But, you know, I, I think it just takes time for coaches to, to fully get their system, their everything going, and their offensive line couldn't block. No, they couldn't last year either. Here's the thing, though. You mentioned, um, you know, the, what, what happened last year. You know what happened last year? They lost their quarterback. Mm-hmm. They lost DeAndre Francois, and they did that in the first game against Alabama, and that was a big story. I also think Jimbo Fisher was on his way, had at least one foot or two feet and a couple arms out the door Absolutely. to, to Texas A&M and didn't give a crap. Um, so aside from that, um, you know, the talent has been there. You know, the recruiting classes have been top 10, top 11, whatever. Um, I think, you know, Willie did a good job, I think, in the offseason bringing in some guys. They're all young, so I don't know how many of those were really playing. But they got Francois back, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's been a year. I mean, he came off a devastating injury, that torn patella. That's what Cadillac Williams had in both knees, I believe, um, or maybe in the same knee twice. But uh, it's it's not an injury that's easy to rehab from. But yet he looked he looked mobile enough. He's got a good arm. He's been in the mm-hmm. he's been in the fire before. He's played well before, and you know they they had opportunities. I mean, in this game, like I said, they were down inside the red zone three times. They get a missed field goal by. Ricky Aguayo. Aguayo misses. Is that anything we know about? What? Um, and what? Then, I've never heard yeah, that before. Yeah, a lot. And then, um, you know, to be honest with you, it shouldn't have come down to that. I mean, they, th- th- there was that one play on the goal line where it looked like it was a touchdown. And for whatever reason, they didn't review it. Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense. In fact, they hurried up to the line of scrimmage. They hurried up like they thought they were going to call it. They thought they fumbled like, the ball, uh, yeah. yeah. And then when there was a false start, which kills the play – Yep. You can still review it because they haven't run an actual play. And they and nobody upstairs thought, hey, you know what? That was a touchdown, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so some you know, and you get that. And if, then later in the game when they were down two scores, Cam Akers runs eighty five yards now to the five and they can't punch it in. Yeah. I mean that's and that would have put it within a score in the fourth quarter. I mean, the defense played pretty well tonight. I mean, they gave up twenty four, but one of those was a blocked punt. Yeah, that's not on them. Uh, the defense kept them in the game and gave them a chance to, you know, late in the game get back in it. And and you know the offense just wasn't good enough. And and you know Francois looked okay, but the offensive line was couldn't block. Terrible. They couldn't block at all. Terrible. Uh, and, and and when you're, when, you know, when you can't do you know, that, all it is is bubble screens at that point. And I'm sorry, but that's not. I mean, you're not going to beat anybody just throwing it out to the perimeter and and letting your your wide receivers be the guys that have to create space. You know, it's just. That offense looked haphazard at best. They didn't look like they're – I mean, here's the thing. It, it, it's always going to look a little rough. It's your first time out, new coaching staff, all that stuff. But – and a new offense. But they didn't – they weren't prepared to – they didn't look – they didn't execute. They made mistakes. They hurt themselves. Penalties. Um, you know, just, just all kinds of stuff, man, that just came up in the game. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's got a long way to go. The problem with this game, unlike the Miami game, is that this is a conference game? Mm-hmm. Like you know, you, you're going to be playing, you know, trying to trying to win your division, and right off the bat, you didn't, you know, it's one like one of those, um, you know, you can bounce back because it's a great opponent and you haven't played a conference game yet. You know, ultimately, this can end up hurting Florida State, but well, it's a conference game and it's at home too, and it's a home conference game. Good point. Yeah, so those those are precious, and you, you know, I'm sure Virginia Tech feels like. They're going back to Blacksburg with 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 house money, which they are. Um, that's a good football team, by the way, and a really good defense. 
Their defense is excellent. Oh, their their defense is. I mean, they were playing Beamer ball. I mean, yeah. blocking punts and just the the way they attack. Bud Foster is a heck of a defensive coordinator. He's good. Yeah. Surprise, he's still there. <laughs> it's just, I mean, how do you keep guys like that? Um, but uh, but yeah, they they came out. They came out. They were they were dialed in. You know, they 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 look like a a more. Uh, they look like a team that had been three years under their head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, which is what which is what they've been. But. Um, look, Willie. Willie got off to to bad starts everywhere he's been because he takes over programs that are not good. That's how you get the job. Um, you know, Florida State's program. I think from a talent standpoint, they got they got as much talent as as anybody. They really do. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. I mean, Jimbo didn't do a whole lot in the last year or so when he was there, but there's plenty of kids oh, that can play. Yeah, I mean, do they have as much talent as Clemson in their division? No, but do they have no. a lot of talent more than most of the teams in the ACC? Absolutely. I'd be willing to say they got more than Virginia Tech. I mean, it's close, but uh, they know, probably Yeah, do. I think it's probably close. I and mean, I think Louisville maybe, you know, even though they got killed by Alabama, they have a lot of talent on their team too. NC yeah. State's not too bad, but probably not as much as Florida State. And, and right. Miami's, Miami's at that same level too now. Mm-hmm. How much, uh, you know, th- this looked – the problem, I think, if you're a Florida State fan is this. Everything you saw tonight, you saw last year. Everything. Special teams breakdowns. Um you know, failed to finish drives, penalties. It looked like Jimbo Fisher's team tonight. It didn't, you know what I mean? Like, if you were looking for change, you didn't see anything well, different. But this is Jimbo Fisher's team. I mean, well, all, all the players are, no, he, they're being coached not differently. Not anymore. Well, they're being coached <laughs> not, differently. What? But, well, but that's that's why you got the job. They're, I mean, being, come they're on. being coached differently. But what I'm saying is, is, is what, the type of players and, and, and the bad habits and mistakes that they've made for, especially last year. Yeah, you know whether you can correct that instantly in one spring, and and now you know a month of practice leading up to your first game against a really good opponent. Mm-hmm. You know those things can creep in, and and look, I, you never write off a coach after one game. I mean, it was a rough, it was a rough opening for Willie Taggart. You were hoping for better. You think he'll get a second game? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Of course, he'll get yeah. maybe I'm, three. The third one's a little questionable, but. <laughs> You know what's interesting, though, if you look at um, you know what's interesting. I mean, now, now, like if he struggles against Samford, if he suffers against suffers against Samford this yeah. week, then yeah. then we got problems. Yeah, they'll 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 pound Samford, and everybody will be happy again. Um, you know what's uh, interesting? <laughs> if you look at Willie's record, I mean, he, you know, you get these jobs because they're either bad programs or they're on on they're down, and so he goes to Western Kentucky, which was down. He lost for a couple of years, and then he made them good, and then he left, and he went to USF. And, and I'm telling you, I did the radio shows with him on Tuesday. You know, he called in every Tuesday morning to me and Tom on, on DAE, and um, there was a his second year, I want to say they were three and four, something like that. You guys were right the obit right. for him already. I, we didn't want to talk to him. Like, we looked at each other. We go, what are we going to say? If he loses, he's going to get fired. Like, we were like – you know uh, what are we what are we trying to sell? And I can remember him talking about because he came in there with the, you know he's a Jim Harbaugh disciple. I mm-hmm. mean he's he's it goes back to Jack Harbaugh actually. Yep. Um, but you know it's the power. Oh, it's the West Coast offense terminology. It's it, it's you know it's a run run and pro style offense that they had used at Stanford when he was a running backs coach there, um, and they were using it at USF and they were awful. They were going nowhere. And even though he had Mac and he had some good running backs, they weren't they couldn't do it. And so he switched. He switched up, in fact, I think that week. 
and Quentin Flowers got behind there in the spread, and they started going fast. And they noticed that you know when they were in the two minute, they could they could move the ball. So they went two minute a little bit, and then they just made it their offense. And the rest is history, as they say. So so he but he, when he left USF, he had a sub five hundred record there. If you look at his coaching record, you just go, okay, how do he do? And you just looked at the record under five hundred at Western Kentucky because he had two horrible years, under five hundred at USF, and then he went seven and five at Oregon. And then boom, that gets you a job at Florida State. <laughs> so it, it it's a really quick rise, and you know. It, I'm just telling you that every time you take that step on the ladder, um, it's a bigger fall. So, well, look, I, I mean, I it, thought when they hired Willie, it was a, it, I won't say a reach, but it was a risk. This was risk, this yeah. wasn't bringing in a known quantity. No, you know, I, I think he could. He's do a rising very, he, star. He could do very well there, and he could fall flat on his face. No, but they went for the they went for the hot guy. They went for the rising star. Well, they went for the and, hot, th- and they went for the guy that wanted the job more than anybody else too. Yes, and that's his dream job. Was, that's his dream job. It was job. Florida. Yeah. So I, I get why he took it. I get why they hired him in his one game, and, and I'll try not to have overreaction uh, Tuesday here. But I'm going to overreact a little bit because I feel like if you're a Florida State fan, you're like, what the? You know, get all hyped up, man, home opener, Coach T, going to take us to the promised land. And we got DeAndre Francois. You had the bus all just, gassed up, ready to go. The Bus would not move. We were pushing that bus by the end of the day. <laughs> Back in the garage. Three points, baby. And that's the other thing. If you lose 20, you know, 30 to 27, everybody's like, eh, show some things tonight, man. It's kind of exciting. 24 to 3. Mm-hmm. Three. Three. That three is big on that on that tag. So, I don't know. I'm sure it'll get better next week and then the 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 weeks after that. But it was uh, it was rough. And then don't even talk to me about Miami. I mean, Mark Rick Mark Rick's program all of a sudden, which got off. Remember, they were ranked number two at one point a year ago. They lose what their last four games? I want to say three or four. Yep, including the bowl game and uh, and just continued that stinkola. LSU. They, they, hats they, off to them. Man. They showed they showed on Sunday night the same problems they showed last year. Yep, they third, can't convert third downs mostly because they're in third and eight basically every yeah. time. Right. Um, right, they had they were one of the worst last year at that. Uh, their right. offense last year it was their defense that carried them last year. The, you know the turnover chain. They oh were, yeah, they were getting turnovers left and right, which is why they mm-hmm. ended up second. Led in the, the nation. Yeah, led the nation. Yeah, is that their offense was not good last year, and it showed. It showed Sunday night they're still not good. Yeah, and and I mean I don't know I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Malik Rozier. I, I just don't think he's a good quarterback. But how would you know? Because every time he, he gets a snap, he, he's looking at a team picture. You know, I mean, they're all standing in front of him, and there's mm-hmm. no – he can't throw it. Um, he, he tends to run it more than he needs to at times. But the poor guy's been hit so much, he's, you know, he's a, a little shell-shocked. So, uh, but the SEC, I'll say this, they had a pretty good weekend. The SEC had the a very SEC good weekend. The SEC looked really strong. I mean, Auburn really beat strong. Washington. That was a great game, by the way, to watch. Not yeah, very high scoring, good. but it was a good game to watch. Yep. Alabama destroyed Louisville. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah LSU's no. victory over Miami yep. was solid. Absolutely, it was. So no, the SEC solid. had a very good weekend. My boy at Audron, would you have it the way we played the first half? That guy's unbelievable. So college football is back. I'm happy it's back. Uh, but a and, pretty and, good, Nick, and Nick Saban's f- insulting the media again. 
<laughs> he's right where he needs to be. Yeah, known as usual. I got into a Twitter chat. Let me just say this about people. You know, the evil media, which I'm a part of. Um, I was amazed at, at the number of people. They had to be roll. T- I just kept saying roll tide. You know, it's like there's the Alabama fans everywhere. But the number of people that seemed that, that came to to Saban's defense and said, "Well, can you blame him? Look how many times he's been asked about the quarterback." I'm like, he hasn't been asked to evaluate how, how they just performed in a game. Yes, like, correct. If that's offensive, if you're thin skinned about that. You just want me to say something bad about one of them? No, I'm not putting words in your mouth. You can you can, you can tell, praise tell both of them. You can say they're both Joe Namath. I don't care. One's John Joe Montana and one's Joe Namath. I don't care. I just ask you how they played. I mean, how you can get bent out of shape like that if you're Nick Saban? And eventually, of course, you know, looked bad and he apologized, and you know, you knew that was coming. Um, but the bottom line is, if you know anything about Nick Saban or know anybody who's been around Nick Saban in places where he worked. You would know this is who he is all the time. Absolutely, it is. He, you know, it's just when the national TV catches him uh, fairly often, but not as often as you know. If Tom Rinaldi and I love Tom Rinaldi, but if Tom Rinaldi and ESPN wants to go in there every week and you know start playing the piano with his piano music and start talking about he's always been a champion wherever he goes, Nick Saban just produces winners. I mean, you know, if you want to do that and glorify the guy with your 30 for 30s or whatever, that's great. But that's not who he is, okay? That's just not. I mean, there are people, writers in Miami that covered him that I know, um, people in the in the Dolphins organization. I mean, you were not to talk to Nick Saban if he walked through the door unless he spoke to you. And I'm not exaggerating, you know? So just stop with this whole, you know, we know what he is. And and people want to defend him for being a jerk on national TV. He is a jerk. I think he's a hell of a football think, coach, but he's a jerk. Well, and that's fine. And, and Alabama's cool with it. They don't care. No one cares. He's making millions of dollars for their school. He's taking home a boatload. Everyone's happy except the players. They don't get paid. That's another. That's another show. But at the end of the day, it's like if I, I know you can't do this, but if I'm one of those networks, I'm like, we're not talking to Saban. You know, we're not doing it. He don't want to do it. We don't want to talk to him anyway. And you'd be like, well, you're not doing your job. So, well, okay, but, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable, and he's not going to give you anything, so why are we keep putting this guy on the air? Just just go talk to the other coach twice. I don't care. You know, it's like, I don't know, sometimes I wonder why, as an industry, we, you know, we've always done it this way, so we beat our heads against the wall. Uh, with people that don't really offer you anything anyway, or the viewer, you know what I mean? But well, no, okay. you have a microphone. Okay. You're looking at the wrong angle. ESPN's loving this. Well, because everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Yes. ESPN right. loves this. I mean, by but doing what he did when he normally doesn't tell you anything, he did. He gave you fodder. He gave you well, tape to roll. He gave you headlines that to was read. A sh- oh, yeah, it's on every show, yeah. every platform they've had. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. The ESPN got exactly crazy. what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. It's a... It's a uh, you know, it's a soundbite. It's uh, it's what we can we can debate, and we're talking about it on this podcast. I mean, probably way too much. Look, but, the best um, thing that can happen to any broadcast anywhere is to make news. They made news. Yeah, true. And it's better when you make news about yourself instead of somebody else's network that you're talking about that made news. ESPN's loving it. All and right. they'll, stick, well, a mic, hey, they'll Nick, stick a mic in front of his face the next game they do. <laughs> Keep insulting him then. Absolutely. <laughs> he will not disappoint. 
whatever network is there, he will deliver. He's not. He's an equal opportunity offender. I'm yes, sure. Yes, yes, he is. So, so whoever has him next, then go at it. Um. Anyway, so college football is back. Good, good debuts, by the way. Of uh, we didn't talk a lot about Florida, Florida, USF, both big wins. USF did well. One yeah, big over. Always tough, Elon. Elon and Florida was. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Charleston Southern. It's Charleston. You can't say it that way. You have to say Charleston Southern. Um, yeah, they've got the million-dollar beatdown, yeah. both of them. Now, USF has Georgia Tech coming to uh, Raymond James Stadium this Saturday. Well, that's a legit, so, that's yeah, a that's legit, a legit program, ACC dog. team there, yep. They'll be running a wishbone, too. You better be ready to play that defense. Absolutely. So that'll be a, that'll be the ops, obviously the first test for USF. Yeah. And Gators yeah. will have Kentucky this Saturday at the Swamp. Gators have an SEC team, I guess. Kentucky is that. Um, they'll take care of them. But Dan Mullen, you know what I liked about Dan Mullen is he played to the crowd. You know, he's like, we, we even had a jump pass. <laughs> you know, it's like, you can remember, he wore the visor and, uh, you know, and, and then ran some fun and gun. It was it was exactly what Florida fan wanted. Yep. You know, you got a team in there you're going to beat the tar out of, but you're going to do it with style. Yep. You know, five touchdown passes. Yep. I mean, that's the way you, that's the way you do it. And look for Florida State and Miami to rebound. This is the first time since 1975 that both Miami and Florida State are 0 1. Gosh. Now Miami this week even... hosts Savannah State as Florida State hosts Samford, so so the preseason begins after the regular season Correct. just ended. Yes. Yeah. I've always loved that about college football. But there is – look, my Arkansas State Red Wolves go to Alabama, so if you think they're going to upset them, I got something, something so Is, is that you. this week? Is Arkansas State at Alabama <laughs> this week? Think, I think so. At Bryant Denny? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they're not playing in Jonesboro. Shocking. No. Although Miami was supposed to go there last year, and they canceled because of a, some kind of a hurricane or something. I yeah, don't know. something like that. It was weak. It was a weak excuse. Because yeah, they were scared. Really they were scared. I mean, they, they wouldn't they have been number. They, they, they wouldn't have been number two in the country had they gone there. Let me tell you, those you know, no one goes to uh, Jonesboro and comes out of there alive. But um, wow. but yeah, Alabama, <laughs> Alabama, Arkansas State. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a bloodbath. My Red Wolves are gonna be in tough shape. Although they've done look, their programs come a long way. They're small, obviously. They're not a big big time college, but and they're you know they're like big fish in a little pond. So we'll get our beat down. But yeah. Uh, good weekend for uh, for most of the. It was just good to have college football back. Florida State and Miami. Yeah, no, it was. It was, it was good exciting. Saturday having all those games on and being able to flip around and. Yeah, for sure. You know what also was is going to be back is the NFL. That's fact, right. There's a game on. There's a game on Thursday. Can you believe that? Atlanta at uh, Philly, correct? At Philadelphia, yeah. And now we know officially that Nick Foles is going to be the starting quarterback for your Philadelphia Eagles, uh, even though it hacked off. Uh, uh, Coach Peterson, something, something pathetic that that got out. But um, but yeah, so that that starts Thursday, and then the Bucks. So I was out there one buck place on Monday, and this is kind of like a bonus practice, if you will. But it's the first time they've been together since they cut their roster down to fifty three players, and that's still being adjusted a little bit. And we can talk about that in a second. But 
um, the, the novelty of it was that uh, for the first time, almost four years, no Jameis Winston. I mean, Jameis Winston was not around, and he won't be uh, until about September 25th when he's able to come back after that Monday night game against Pittsburgh. And, you know, they felt it. It was, it was different. It was something that was palatable, that, that Jameis wasn't there. They went about their preparations as they normally would do. It was kind of a walk-through practice, a little bit like a Friday practice where you start to do some install. And, and they've looked at New Orleans for some time because they've known since April that was their first opponent. Um, but it, it, it just felt different. So I, I talked to Mike Evans. Oh, it was different. You know, not seeing him. We, we parked by each other, and I, I forgot that he was going to be gone. And so, you know, he just wasn't there, and I just parked, pulled right in. I just thought about it. Damn, he's going to be out these three weeks. So it'll be tough, you know. That's my boy. I'm going to miss him, but he'll be back. As for Dirk Cutter, of course, the the game, the band rolls on, and he's getting Ryan Fitzpatrick prepared. But he said, I think I noticed it the most when I walked in the quarterback room uh, when we were when we broke down for individual meetings and went in the quarterback room. I mean, it's been a long time since Jameis hasn't been camped out uh, up in the front row next to his computer. So it was a little bit strange, but we knew this was coming, and we planned for it, and, and now we just got to do it. So some news uh, on the roster front. First of all, just uh, watching the Bucks practice, we were out there for 30 minutes, and one thing that we noticed was Donovan Smith not practicing, at least during the period we were there. He came out later with a uh, brace on his on his right knee. So he is he has a chance. I mean, he's got this 48-game starting streak that's important to him. But moreover, he's just a tough guy. And he has that knee sprain. It's going to be close, I think. But Dirk Cutter didn't want to rule him out, um, you know, as far as this week goes. But they're going to. They, there's a chance that they'll have Leonard, Leonard Wester as their left tackle. I mean, he's their third tackle on the team. He can play left or right. He missed most of training camp. He played in the last preseason game. Either him or Mike Litke, but I think Wester would probably be the guy instead of Smith. But we'll see if Smith has a chance to make it. The injury reports don't come out until Wednesday. But one guy who's not going to make it for this week anyway is Vita Vea. And that's a shame because, you know, you draft a guy in the first round and he's sort of a need player. I mean, part of the whole rebuilding of that defensive line that Jason Light went through with the trades, Jason Pierre-Paul and Bo Allen, Benny Curry coming over from the Eagles. And so Vita Vea was and is going to be, I guess, at some point, a pretty good piece next to Gerald McCoy. Um, But, you know, he had the calf strain. First day in pads, you know, it's hot. We talked about this, and I, no one will tell me whether this is linked or not. I just tend to think it is. But, you know, 347 pounds, first day in pads, you lose a lot of fluid, a lot of water, and you get a soft tissue injury. It seems to add up. But, you know, regardless, it's something he's not come back from. And he hasn't been, you know, he's able to, he's been doing a lot of work. He's been running. He's been doing all this stuff. Um, they had him running in pads the other day. Uh, but Dirk Cutter said, you know, even though he's making progress, he goes, it's not to the point where he can play football yet. So that means he's going to be out this week. Who knows if it's next week? Who knows if they don't decide if it's going to be more long-term to put him on IR because there's two guys you can actually recall. Now, one of those would be Mitch Unrein because they did place Mitch on injured reserve. And the reason why he was on the 53-man roster, if you're on the roster the for, for at least one full day when you make your cutdowns, you're eligible to be one of two players that they recall. And they used to be had to designate who those guys were when they went on IR. Now you don't. You can just bring two players back after eight weeks. And so Unrein, I think, would be one of those guys uh, most likely. And and we'll see. We'll see. Maybe Vita Vea is closer than, than we realize. They were hoping he'd be ready for the first week, but he's definitely not going to be. So 
we'll find out how close he really is. Uh, the other thing they did was they claimed a player off waivers from the Cleveland Browns defensive end Carl Nassib, uh, who was a third-round pick from Penn State just two years ago, 2016. He's a big guy, uh, six foot seven, 275, 280 pounds. Defensive end had five and a half sacks the last two years. Uh, knocked down a lot of passes. I think nine nine deflections. And really, it was just one of those deals where you have a new regime, a new regime in Cleveland, uh, new front office, new uh, you know scouts, all that stuff. And uh, he just kind of got caught in the numbers game. But uh, he's the guy. If you watched Hard Knocks at all, I don't know if you saw any of the beginning of that series. Uh, he was he was giving out fairly colorful financial advice. <laughs> to the rest of his players about how much money you can make if you just safely invest it. Uh, and so uh, he's, he's kind of a different cat, but a guy that they think is, you know what, he's worth taking a shot at. I mean, there's there's really no uh, downside. He's working off a rookie contract. So to make room for him, they release defensive end Will Clark. And Clark's a vested uh, veteran, so he just becomes a free agent right away. And uh, always a possibility that if this doesn't work out, maybe they bring Clark back or – he could get signed somewhere else. So um, the rosters are always still in flux. You know, I, I always say this: until you, until you get on the uh, the bus to the airport on Saturday, you're probably not on the team. That's that's sort of where the Bucks were today, and they'll continue preparations there. The players are off today. They will uh, return on Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The big heavy work weeks in preparation for New Orleans, and then Friday, uh, lesser, and then. Uh, you know, Saturday walk through, they'll travel on Saturday. And man, it's here. I, I mean, we're only a couple of days away from the start of the National Football League and the Bucks going to New Orleans. And it's, I got to be honest with you, Steve. I mean, when you, the, it's daunting to me, and it has to be to the coaching staff. You now, all the lip service you hear about Ryan Fitzpatrick and all this, there's a potential you go into that building facing that team that won the division and Drew Brees and that noise without your starting left tackle and your starting quarterback. What team feels confident about that? It you definitely uh, will keep, uh, as, as Dirk said, he likes preseason games because he sleeps well at night afterwards. Yeah. This will keep yeah. him up this week. Yeah, I mean, it's a, look, if they pull that off, if they pull that off, or for that matter, come back and, and, and or beat you know Philadelphia at home um, with or without Carson Wentz, really wouldn't matter, or you know beat Pittsburgh with Pittsburgh now, Le'Veon Bell doesn't report, so he he may be out. So I mean, all these things sort of kind of happen, and you know, and you don't really know who you're going to face or which team or who's going to be there, who's going to be healthy, who's not. Uh, so that's that's why they eh, they play the games. But I still think that this is a this is a a mountain. This is to me these three games. This is Kilimanjaro, and it's it's going to be steep and rocky and ugly. And I, I wish them I wish them success, but I'm I I think that. Uh, you know, talking to Mike Evans, and he said something tonight or uh, yesterday when we were talking to him. He goes, "You know what? This is the by far," he said, "this is the best football team that I've played on since I've been here." Now he's, you know, he's going into his fifth season, so he's seen. You know, he started at the bottom. The, the Bucks and Lovey Smith were just starting out at that time, and they've added talent every year. Um, but he said, "You know, this team has some swag and has this." I'm wondering how long that swag lasts <laughs> if you go to New Orleans. And things start to go south on you quickly. I think it all um, depends on how well they play the first three games. I mean, and, and you know, they may yeah. end up being zero and three or one and two, but I think it depends how you play. Yeah, I mean, as you, you talked about games, with Florida State earlier, you talked about Florida mm-hmm. State. If they lost thirty to twenty-seven, 
you'd feel better. on Monday night. You felt better than twenty four to yeah. three, and your offense couldn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, a loss is a loss, but not always. You know what I mean? Like, you can gain confidence and know how know that you're in the right, you're headed the right direction, or that you know a play here or there. And and usually in the NFL, that's kind of what it comes down to. Is it's like you know, games are many, as many games are lost that are won, but you need a good bounce of the ball. Um, you know, good tip ball here, one that doesn't intercept it there. I mean, those are the kind of breaks that you need sometimes because the teams are really close. Um, but this is going to be this is going to be really an uphill sort of start to the season. There's just no way around it. I mean, this is this is the story of their year. These three games, we will look back at them, um, and then when Jameis Winston comes back in the building, just based on the reaction to him not being there today, the opposite will be true. I think the opposite will be true when he comes back that there will be such a lift and such emotion, you know what I mean? And he'll be emotional and having had this taken away from him and, um, you know, he'll have high expectations or chip on his shoulder, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think that uh, if they can navigate these three games when James comes back, they'll they'll certainly get a boost from it because you could certainly feel his absence uh, as, far as, as far as Monday went. The, the other big story, and I don't think it's getting enough attention for us or anybody else, Break up the Rays, man. Are, I really don't think they're going to lose again, Steve. I'm going to call it now. They're winning the rest of the games. Unfortunately, so are the Oakland A's. <laughs> they yeah, they didn't get they, any ground. Yeah, all. they're still eight games back. Uh, the Rays win seven to yeah. one over to Toronto on Monday night. Right. Joey Wendell is on fire. He is not just offensively, but defensively. He put on a show Could on he? Sunday at, on third base. Played shortstop on Monday night. And looked good. He has no chance to be rookie of the year, right? Because the guy with the Yankees is getting. I there, think right? you know either yeah, Glaber Torres or uh, Andujar for the Yankees will probably win the award. Yeah. But you know, Joey Wendell's average is now above three hundred. I think it's three hundred two, three hundred four, something like that. Amazing, amazing. Uh, he's had uh, what seven multi-hit games in his last eight games, and batting four fifty-seven in that stretch. Nobody saw that. Not not at the plate. I mean, defensively too. Look, it's hard. I, I don't think people can appreciate. The one thing the Rays have, which is stunning to me, but they look for these guys. They have so many guys that can play these the multiple positions, infield, outfield, mm-hmm. you know, second and third. I'm here to tell you, I, it, this is not an easy thing to do, let alone at the major league level. It just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, what were you, an infielder? I get to ask this sometimes, like, you play baseball? Well, we're, you were an infielder. Yeah, well, where'd you, well, I was a middle infielder. What's the difference? Well, it's a huge difference. I mean, it just is. Third base is unlike any other place. Mm-hmm. You know, it just is. It's a hot corner for a reason. I had to play one game there. I was lost. The throw is different. The sight lines are different. Um, playing on the left side of the infield versus the right side, it's, it's everything is different. And so for these guys to move from second to third to left field in the major leagues, that's an incredible feat. And then to not only do it, but to look like, you know, you're the greatest third baseman in, in, in history. Um, the two plays Wendell made the other night behind third were incredible, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, he, he, he got looked, to those He looked balls. like a natural third baseman. It was incredible. I mean, you know, and so I, he's hot. They, they're a hot team right now. 11 games over 500. We mentioned at the Open, you gave me this stat. Kevin Kiermaier was making his debut the last time they were 11 it games. It was game old. 163 at Texas. Wow. For, you know, winner goes on to face the Indians in the wild card yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. David Price with the complete game in that one. Mm hmm. 
But yeah, that was that Pretty was Kevin Kiermeyer's. Uh, he was called up for that game, and that was the last time the Rays were eleven games over five hundred. Mm. There's something else, man. There's something else. It's it's been it's been fun to watch, and uh, and you know what? Good for them. I mean, if they finish twenty over five hundred, good for them. This could be this, and I think uh, somebody said it the other day. Didn't you tell me that uh, somebody said they think this is uh, the most? Uh, well, who was it? Uh, Hickey. Jim Hickey said he thought it was the most significant season that the most Rays impressive have had season other than the 08 season 08. in their franchise history. Yep. And and you know what? It might be. I mean, they're they're not going to make the playoffs and they made it 4 out of 6 years under Joe Madden, I think at one point, mm-hmm. but yes. still those playoff teams weren't as interesting yeah. as this one. Nobody saw this coming. And the way they've done it and they keep adding guys. They've added more minor leaguers to the to the mix, right? Well, yeah. Now you get your, you can have forty players on the roster at this point. So they called up Nick mm-hmm. Shufo, catcher, uh, who you didn't think would get called up this year after serving a fifty game suspension suspension to start the season for drug issues with, and they think it was marijuana. But uh, so he was called up as uh, Adam Moore had problems with his passport, which presumably it may just be he forgot his passport and on labor day weekend not much you can do about it trying to get into Toronto. or it's not updated yeah yeah or not updated something like that so that's what they're assuming at this point or we are assuming i should say mm-hmm. uh, so he was called up and andrew velasquez was called up as well he had some depth versatility speed he's an infielder outfielder they got him in the jeremy hellickson trade years ago so fun to watch fun to watch those guys they continue their series with the toronto blue jays and boy toronto you know what's Seems like five minutes ago they were relevant, and now they're not at all. So they should beat up on them a little bit and uh, see how many games they can push it over 500. So, hey, we appreciate you guys uh, listening to us each and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. And don't forget, if you missed the podcast yesterday. Oh, that's right. Because of the holiday, maybe you you didn't get a chance to listen. We had a part one of our your interview with Gerald McCoy. Yeah, we got a lot of good feedback from that. Look, Gerald... You know, you probably read the stories. We had special sections all weekend, um, and we're going to play part two later this week. That would probably be what, Steve, Thursday, I yeah, think? Yeah, th- I think Thursday we're looking at. Yeah, so the part two, eh, that's the one where he, you know, makes the big comment about how you're going to miss him. And, but to hear, you know, it's one thing to read a story, which I'm you know, grateful you guys read stories, um, but to hear, to hear it in his own words, and this is the expanded long-form version of the interview, which lasted 47 minutes, and he talked about – you know, in, in part one, uh, his teammates, uh, what he what he's thinking about doing after football, which is acting, which I didn't know, um, you know, talked about what it's like being 30 years old and playing in his ninth season with the Bucks, and, um, you know, those sort of things. So it's very it's – it's, it's more of a deeper dive. But uh, if you get a chance to listen to it, that's why they're podcasts. They're up there for you all the time. Make sure you uh, you do that and listen to uh, to us on Sports Day Tampa Bay. And, and, and you can always – comment we get good feedback on uh, when we do interviews and things like this we want to know what you think about them uh and what you like and you don't like about this podcast so make sure you email us at sports day tv you can email or not email me but reach us on twitter at sports day tv you can reach me on twitter at nfl stroud or you can email me at rstroud at tampa bay.com and it also would help us to uh help us out if you'd rate and review this podcast yeah, and you can do that anywhere you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. Just hit that like button. And uh, you can also rate and review the podcast, which most of your reviews have been very good. We appreciate that. That helps us out. And better yet, if you tell someone about the podcast and send them a link, that would help us out as well. Absolutely. And make sure that uh, you, if you have any air conditioning needs at all, 
Uh, this is what you want to do. You want to make sure that you call Millionaire Air Conditioning and Heating, our new sponsors. Sue and Howard Million have been doing this for 30 years in the area in Tampa Bay. They're going to set you up just great. Call them at 727-862-2100 for the best service, the best prices, the best financing. That's where you want to go, Millionaire Air Conditioning and Heating. So our thanks to them. Our thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back here tomorrow, of course, to talk to you about the Bucks, the Rays, and anything else that happens in Tampa Bay sports as well as any college football fallout from uh, the weekend. Um, make sure that you you do that. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.